0: Welcome to DoD Secure, the podcast with information for winning government contracts, getting security clearances, and setting up security programs. And I'm your host, Jeff Bennett. Hi, everybody, and welcome to our podcast and our video called DoD Secure. And Here you will get information on how to get security clearances, how to get government contracts, and how to process classified information. So welcome. I know there's other places you can visit and other training you can go to as well as other podcasts, so we really appreciate you being here. Um, For those of you who have been involved for a while, thank you so much for continuing to watch our videos and listen to our podcasts, I just wanted to let you know that we were recently featured on a on the clearancejobs.com Facebook page. So go to clearancejobs.com and um, open up that live feed and you'll be able to watch the video of us. And in, in that book, in, in that video, we're talking about this book and the host, I loved it because she actually read the book and asked some really good questions on security clearances and even quoted some of the things that I wrote, so that was very exciting. Um, So those of you who are not watching the video but hearing the podcast, um, I'm just holding up my book called The Insider's Guide to Security Clearances, which was featured. Um, Just wanted to tell you if you want a copy of this book, go to redbikepublishing.com and we're giving them away free. We're just asking that you pay for the shipment because that's that's a lot for me to be able to foot by myself. So if you'll just pay for the shipment, um, go to redbikepublishing.com and click on the tab that says free plus shipping. So today we're going to talk about a few topics. We're going to talk about um, uh, how an FSO can re- prepare their facility once they get their um, facility security clearance and personnel security clearance. How the newly cleared defense contractor can begin acting as a possessing facility and begin to receive classified information and what they should think about. And additionally, we'll just crosswalk on how a cleared defense contractor prepares classified information for delivery, whether it's somebody hand-walking it out, mailing it, or sending a fax or whatever. We'll discuss on how to do that. If you're just listening on a podcast, um, I'll be descriptive as I can, but um, I will include in the show notes links that we talk about on this podcast, as well as a way for you to be able to go through and, um, trying to get my mic adjusted, able to go through and um, hit the link on our uh, YouTube page. So, let's go in to see what you can expect once you become a newly cleared facility. First of all, you're going to get a few things. Um, You're going to get a DD Form 254, a statement of work, and um, a security classification guide as a result of winning the contract and beginning to perform on a contract. Don't know if you'll get those in order or what order you'll get them in, but they will be flowed down from either the prime contractor that you are subcontracting to or from the government contracting activity that you are a contractor for. So whatever goods or services you are providing, you'll get a few things, a statement of work that describes the work that you will be doing for them and the DD Form 254 that that explains um, how you are to what classified information you are going to be working with, where you will work with it, and um, the classification level that you will be approved to do. So let me show you real quick what a DD Form 254 looks like. So I'd like to thank one of the friends of our shows, and it's called Mission Driven Research. Their vision statement is that every employee finding fulfillment and joy by actively engaging in the mission. And they're a a growing company providing technical services to the U.S. federal government. And their goal is to continuously improve performance in their three core values. So you can visit Mission Driven Research at missiondrivenresearch.com and we thank them for being a sponsor. These are the first and second pages. Uh, The first page of the DD Form 254 um, looks a little bit like this right here you're going to get something from the either government contracting activity or from the I'm trying to move some things out of the way so I can see it a little bit better uh, and so what I'm bringing up for those of you listening on the podcast is what a DD form 254 looks like and um, the main things is to to um, notice here is what's the classification level you'll be working with and this is a drop-down menu Confidential secret and top secret. Level of safeguarding. So this is only um, to be filled out if you are going to be a possessing facilities. Remember, uh, facility uh, clearances are possessing and non-possessing. Non-possessing is, means that you're gonna be cleared and get a, a classified uh, security clearance for your personnel and the facility to be able to work with classified information at another site, either at your government's office or at your customer's office or somewhere off-site. And then the rest of this is going to be administrative right here. Um, so I just want to go over the important parts of it. So levels one and two, I mean, items one and two describe this classification level and the um, and whether or not you're going to be able to conduct work on-site. Um, at it. Block 8 goes into actual performance location, the CAGE Code, and the Cognizant Security Office. So uh, in our case, if, if for the DOD and many other agencies, it's going to be the Defense Counterintelligence and Security Agency, the DCSA. And then number 9 d- describes generally um, what is going to be involved in this, on this classified work. Block 10, I'm going to share this real quick. That's the end of block nine. So we are going to share block 10. So now we are looking at block 10 and it describes if you are working on security clearance issues on classified contract, will you have communications comsec, restricted data, witty, special access. I'm not gonna read all these blocks, but it tells you if there are gonna be other security considerations or classification considerations. Um, as I'm showing you this, I want you to get in your head as either an F- as somebody that is becoming a clear defense contractor facility or you have a facility uh, or you have a security clearance or you're a new FSO. This is where um, the earlier you get involved in this process, the better, because it's going to describe how you need to set up your facility. You might recall on some earlier podcasts. That um the government will pay for all the clearance security clearance investigations and make sure that you have the classified material that you need to perform on your job. But you, as a clear defense contractor, are responsible for setting up your home security program. So if it requires security containers, um closed areas, um, sensitive compartment information facilities, computers, hardware, there are a lot of supplies that, that you will need. And you should build into to your bid, or at least be prepared to purchase these once you get this classified information. So as I go over the um, restricted data right now, these tell you that some of, in some of these instances, you will have separate protection measures, and they can't mingle with other security documents or classified documents. Um, we talk about any additional um, uh activities or accounts you might need. Uh, And security guidance in 13 gets a little bit more specific. So use this form, I went over it very generally. I go more in-depth in the book, DOD Security Clearance and Contracts Guidebook. And the other one is how to perform on U.S. government contracts and classified work. And so those two books out there explain the DD Form 254 in-depth. I also have training at bennettinstitute.com that you can take a look at. But um, all right, so let's talk about what a FSO might need as a minimum to be able to receive classified information. First of all, you need a place to work, and does that mean a classified computer, a closed areas, a restricted area? So you'll need to designate or dedicate some space to work on classified material, and that requires construction sometimes. The next thing you need to consider is how will you store that classified information? Will it be in a a GSA security container or sometimes we commonly call a safe? How many safes will you need? Um, What type of safes will you need? Will you need one with a lock on each door? On each drawer or one with just one lock? Do you need five drawers? Do you need one drawer? So those are the things you're gonna need. And the DD Form 254 will tell you because it should tell you how many documents you will receive from your customer. So, some other things that you will need is especially um, is if you get security containers or doors, you'll need something like this. It is a magnet that let reminds you if your this might be upside down. If this if your um, container is closed, if it says closed, it's like this. It should be locked. And if it's open, on the open side, the open side is red with white letters. The closed side is white with red letters. That should warn you that your security container is open. Before you leave it, you need to lock it up. So this is a helpful reminder. There is something else I dropped down here too. Um, This is a combination reminder. It looks like a telephone keypad. And used to be a rotary dial, but then, They became square, and now it looks more like what you might find on a cell phone. But the whole point is here you should memorize your combinations. You should not write them down anywhere because the combinations are classified. Uh, They're classified to the level of what the combination protects. So some people spell out a word and then make the number combination correspond with that word. It could be a six-letter word or the first six letters or the last six letters of a larger word. Either way, it's up to you. All right, so there, those are some items that you need. Now, if you are doing classified work and you know that you're going to have to remove classified information from your facility, you'll need a few supplies as well. Many of these supplies are envelopes of some sort. Durable wrapping tape. It's got lines in it. You may not be able to see the strings, but it's rip proof. Maybe some boxes of some sort. some additional wrapping paper. And stamps. These stamps help you mark your classified packages or stuff it has, uh, it has a classification level on them. So let's talk about what happens when you win the contract and you've got your infrastructure in place, you've got your security containers, and now all the classified information is starting to arrive. All right, so maybe your customer mails the classified information. I'm using some old material that I had used before when i when I did some classes at college um, you will you should receive when you if classified information comes either mailed, hand carried or whatever from from your customer from somebody that's authorized to send it to you you'll receive an outer envelope and on that outer envelope you should have an address for who it came from it should be a generic address not by anybody's name should be like here we have commander on it or you might have might say security on it and then who it's to so it has it might have a position name on there this one says to the FSO but there should be nothing on this envelope that indicates whether or not the contents are classified. So I'm getting to a point here in a minute where I'm, this is just an outer envelope. And we're gonna build this in reverse as I tell you how to disseminate information from your facility. So the outer envelope, we have the sides taped up, the seams taped up with this durable tape or this rip proof tape so that we can determine if there's any tamper if this tape is loose or floppy like this when it arrives, it might indicate that somebody had looked inside and you might need to do an inventory and an investigation on what was released. So here's a better example of a well-wrapped envelope. This whole envelope is covered in tape. All right, so you might receive this with what I said. So the first thing you might find inside is two copies of a receipt i don't have two copies to um, show you but there should be two copies of receipt and on that receipt should be the name of the item and the classification uh, uh, level of the item but the name itself should not be classified but look at that receipt if the name is classified you're going to have to protect that receipt as classified if it's unclassified you can just file it as appropriate but i recommend that you put it in an information management system i've used um, sim software it's really good Um, there's other ones you can also you just use an excel spreadsheet if you're if you're um, small enough Um, but the whole point is to log in all classified information and where you store it and then if you ever have it leave your facility log that disposition too so when dcsa comes around and they say we need to see your documents within a reasonable amount of time according to NISPOM standards you can look at that IMS and know exactly where it is. It's in the third safe on the first drawer, for example. So you should have that much detail in there. So then you enter in the receipt information and you take the inner layer of the classified information. Now this is different, right? You see the difference on here, it has the classification level of the document inside. I want you to know right now, I do not have classified information at my house. It's just an envelope I made at home so that's why it's not in the best shape because I don't have all the materials I need here. But you see, I do have a stamp, I have labels, and I have tape, things that you need to consider when you run your uh, security program. And so the next thing um, that you do when you receive this is inspect the enter, make sure it has an address on there. Now this is a more intimate address, has a person's name in it. So that the security administrator will know who it goes to once they receive this. And um, it's got the markings. And you want to inspect for evidence of tamper. This one looks closed up. And then what you'll do is open it up and review the document. There is, again, no classified documents are in here. Um, so the, class, the classification should be on the top and bottom. If it had sides, it'd have sides. On here, I left it off. I used it for a test. So, again, but there are no classified information in here there is no classified information in, in this package. So what I'm showing here is if you're on the podcast is a manila envelope wrapped in, <coughs> excuse me, wrapped in tape, rip proof tape with a label that specifically lists who sent it by name and who it is going to by name. And it has a classification marking on the top and the bottom of it. Again, if you need to see the video for further instruction it's in the show notes. All right, so once you do that, you open the package, look at the classified document, and make sure it matches what was sent on the receipt. All right, so um, let's see. So once you receive classified information, you log it in and you start working with it and protecting it. And it's all based on the statement of work, the security classification guide that lists what is classified and what level it is and what elements are classified. And then um, the DD Form 254, which tells you the classification level of your facility and the classification level of what you're authorized to work on that facility if it is indeed a possessing facility. And then we went over some of the tools. Now, let's do this in reverse. Let me show you how to prepare a package for, for mailing. All right, so you take your classified information and you... and You log it out of your IMS. You want to acknowledge that this document is leaving your facility so you don't have to account for it anymore. And you want to know, you want to acknowledge on there how you, if you're mailing it. So there are ways that you can mail classified information. Again, it's in my book, DOD Security Clearance and Contracts Guidebook and how to win U.S. government contracts and perform classified work. Um, It gets specific. It's also in the NISPOM how you want to mail things or courier them is specifically by classification level Um, so what you want to do is put your classified information into a manila envelope and then wrap it with that rip proof tape put the classification level on the front and back of the envelope put two receipts either inside of this inner envelope or on top of the inner envelope then after you make sure it's addressed properly to the right person and to the approved classified mailing address, you prepare it and wrap it in a vanilla standard envelope that does not provide the classification level, wrap it up, you notice there's no classification level on here, it's just marked and with tamper-proof tape and then um, put another label on it that's more generic Again, log it out of your IMS and bring it to the mailing facility that is appropriate for it. Also, um, I mentioned this book already and I just want to show you. In this book, DOD Security Clearances and Contracts Guidebook, deep in the heart of it, talks about how to receive classified information, how to prepare your facility for classified, um, to reception of classified information and how to disseminate it. And inside here, I, I made this handy guide. And I'm going to make it available online that um, if you register for our newsletter, you'll get a copy of it. But it lists step-by-step how to prepare a document for shipment. And again, it's this book. It's available on our website. But the first five people that go on my website and register on any one of my um, forms, there's a form on my website at redbitepublishing.com and you register for it, I will send you this book um, and I'll be notified. So the first five people that do that, please do that. And I'll send you an email in return after you, after you register. You'll be registering for our reading list and you'll receive our newsletters. But I'll also contact you and get your um, mailing address so I can send you a paperback copy of this book. This book, Insider's Guide to Security Clearances. Or this one, either way. Um, I'll ask you which book you would prefer. Yeah, that's it. So I would like to thank you again for joining us. I'll be back again next week for another um, version of this podcast and video. If you have any questions ever, just email me at editor at publishing.com. Before we go, I'd like to thank another one of our sponsors, and that's Ron Sixtus at www.securityclearancedefenselawyers.com. You're filling out your SF-86 and suddenly you realize you have red flags. You need good advice before submitting it. Get Ron involved as early as possible in the security clearance process and it's always best to have him review your problem questions and answers before you submit the SF-86. You can call Ron at 256-713-0221. Thanks again, Ron, for sponsoring this podcast. And we thank you, everybody, for joining us for this podcast. And as usual, we know you have better places to be, and we are really grateful that you chose to be here. And again, if you have any questions or comments, please visit us at redbikepublishing.com or bennettinstitute.com or email us at editor at redbikepublishing.com. We'd love to hear from you.